2: To wellness, wholeness and wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Isard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural healthcare practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Isard. Well,
1: good Good evening. Hello to those of you listening to our live broadcast. Well, it's a pre-recorded broadcast. It's live right this second at 5 p.m., but it will be a rebroadcast by the time you hear it tonight at 8 p.m., August 13, 2013, and hello to those of you um, who are listening to an Internet Archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Great you remembered. And yes, uh, most Tuesdays we have live programs and then rebroadcasts on Wednesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. They are made accessible, but you can access them at your own convenience um, here on Blog Talk Radio. And there is a link on my website. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard, on Blog Talk Radio on the Internet. And I remember, sometimes those rebroadcasts you listen to are from 2006 2007 so i might have been on a different radio station at that time so don't panic you're on the right place you're at the right place and yes all programs are now through blog talk radio now to call into the program call 619-789-6835 that's if you want to ask a question of my guest now to send instant messages during the program, you can do that through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. To find the program, if you do not subscribe to my e-card, we, well, actually, if you do do subscribe, you know that I'm pre-recording at five and that you can call in now. But if you didn't, then there's it's no, a moot point. But in any event, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get an e-card once a week telling you who my guests are going to be. Uh, You enter my name or the name of the program in the Blog Talk Radio search box, and then you can... access the the program. Now, any problems with the Internet links, give me a call at 866-472-6094 after the program. Now, on this program, uh, for those of you who may be new, we do discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products, and issues, and we do it with the experts. Now, only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Now last week my live guest was Jan Krauss Green, uh, author of I Call Myself Earth Girl. Uh that was a fictional piece, uh why and and a beautiful beautifully written piece. Now, at the end of that program we discussed the Urbanese and the Asana uh, next week, my live guest, Tuesday, August 20, 2013, will be Devra Lavelle, author of Leap to Freedom, Healing Quantum Guilt. Now, if you miss any show, you can go to my website, www.amtherapies.com. Click on the radio link to hear the show. For appointments with me, that's face-to-face or remote. And for general information, call 866-472-6094. Uh, Now, remember, you can purchase uh, an autographed copy of the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, and you can do that on my site. Visit www.amtherapies.com to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or a friend. You can also follow me on Twitter. Alternative Medi. And don't forget, eat right for your blood type and new skin supplements and beauty products where beauty and wellness meet technology. Now, today, when we come back from the news, I'll be speaking um, early today with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? Uh, 10 Ways to Live a Happy Life. The program, as I stated earlier, will be aired later on this evening uh, at 8 p.m. And at the end of tonight's program, we will discuss the herb Anato and the Asana Adomuka virasana Now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, this comes from Science Science, uh, uh, this one is dealing really with moderate exercise. Now, uh, this came out August 7, twenty thirteen. Says moderate exercise can be good for keeping your tendons healthy, according to new research from the University of East Anglia, funded by arthritis uh, research in the UK. The onset of tendon disease has. Been been associated with exercise. However, new research published in the journal uh, Molecular Cell Research shows that doing moderate exercise could help against against and treat the painful and often debilitating condition. The research team showed that moving around increases a group of enzymes enzymes, uh, that degrade tendon tissue and increase tendon protein. Now uh, tendon disease is caused by damage to the tendon at cell-come level. Uh, symptoms include chronic pain, inflammation, stiffness, and reduced function. The lead researcher in this was Dr. Eleanor Jones from the QEA School of Biological Sciences. And she said, quote, the onset of tendon disease has always been associated with exercise. However, this association has not seen uh, this association has not been Understood. We have shown that moderate exercise has a positive effect on tendons. Uh, The team used human Achilles tendon cells, which were seeded in rat tail collagen gel. Now, these were then subjected to levels of strain experienced by human tendons to simulate moderate exercise. Quote If the study talked about moderately high exercise and would consider running to be moderately high, but it's important to remember that our research was carried out in the lab. So to confirm this, we would need to complete further clinical studies. And hope. The new findings also reveal how genes regulated by the activation of the protein TGF-B were transforming growth factor beta. By investigating this pathway, researchers hope to find out more about how exercise associated with well, live long enough, you'll hear contrary information on all kinds of things. <laughs> but in any in any event, um, as I said earlier, um, my guest this evening is Barbara Berger. You can hear that the sounds you're hearing in the background are coming from her mic. She's the author of are you happy now? Uh, she gives examples from her own dramatic life, since leaving America at a young age at the young age of 18, and settling in Scandinavia, to her lifelong exploration of the power of mind and the nature of consciousness. Uh, she presents 10 practical ways to use this understanding in daily life, relationships, at work, and for health. American-born uh, Barbara Burger's best-selling author of "The to Power." The Road to Power, uh, Fast Food for the Soul, which has now been translated into 30 languages. She's also the author of Mental Technology, Gateway to Grace, The Spiritual Pathway, and uh, The Awakening... Oh, the awakening human being and sane self talk. Okay. Um, Hello. Now it's about, what, 11 o'clock there? (laughs) I started thinking. Yes, definitely.
3: Hi. Good evening.
1: evening.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: Why don't you sort of, well, what is, just out of curiosity, what is the weather like there where you are?
3: Well, it's summer, but I don't think it's as hot as. Where are you? You're
1: in Pennsylvania. I'm
3: in Pennsylvania, yes. Yeah, it's
1: the, yeah. in the 80s and we're having a lot of rain and all that sort of thing, but I was just
3: curious. Yeah, we're having a lot of rain, too, at the moment, but we've had a lovely summer here in Scandinavia. It's been very hot, actually, for here, so it's been wonderful.
1: Well, very good. Um, what I'd like you to tell our listeners before we get started really talking about the book is about your background and your upbringing and what prepared you for this or pointed you into the direction of happiness and
3: <laughs> well, I think we're all pointed in the direction of happiness, right? That's something that we're all seeking. But uh, as you said in your kind introduction, I am. I was born in America. I grew up actually in a suburb of Washington, D.C. And uh, my father, he worked in the Pentagon. He was a military man. And then uh, in, during the 60s, when I was a teenager, um, I had a boyfriend who was drafted to go to Vietnam. And, um uh, we were against the war in Vietnam, and so since my father was a military man, it wasn't a very popular thing in my family, so I actually ran away from home. And uh, my boyfriend and I, we were we were underground actually for, for several years. Uh, that was sort of at the very beginning of the, the – there was this huge protest movement against the Vietnam War, which came later. Uh, but anyway, we were underground for a couple of years, and we ended actually in Sweden where we got political asylum. And that's that's actually the short version of how I came to Scandinavia, where I still live. But um, this rather tumultuous, dramatic start to my life it made me really start to question at an early age, uh, you know, what is this thing called life and what is it all about and what is my purpose and what does it take to live a happy life and why do we have so many problems and what's going on? So, <laughs> so you could say, yes, at an early age, I, I uh, it set me in that direction.
1: Okay, well, very good, life experience. Um, mm. Now, when
3: you talk about happy. What do you mean? That's a really good question. It really is. I think that, uh, well, actually in the book, uh, I, I really divide or I, I divide happiness into two kinds of happiness. Uh, and by happiness, I mean, of course, satisfaction or feeling good or what it is that we're all seeking. Uh, but but in the book, uh, Are You Happy Now?, I, I divide happiness into what I call conditional happiness and unconditional happiness. And um, conditional happiness I, I, I describe as the happiness that we experience when something goes well for us in the outer. In other words, if we have a great marriage, a lovely husband, or a wonderful wife, or we have a great job, or we, we have a great body, we have good health, we have money in the bank, we have success, whatever, so these these things in life, outer circumstances, people, events which come and go and which change. I call this the kind of happiness we receive from things that go well for us. That's conditional happiness, happiness which we cannot control, which comes and goes, which changes. And then I talk about what I call unconditional happiness. And I define that as the 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 joy of being, the joy of existing, the joy of life itself. Uh, and this is in, in the book, I describe this as our true nature. It's what we are to begin with. It's nothing that we can create or, or achieve, but uh, we don't always experience it, or we often don't experience it. And so, this whole book is an, an explore, exploration of what does it take to experience the true happiness, the happiness that is our true nature, that's always with us.
1: Ah, uh, okay. So, am I when, am I stating the title? Properly when I say Are you happy now? <laughs>
3: yes okay. You are
1: Because uh, yeah, we all think that Oh if we have this Or if we do that Or if exactly. this happens exactly. we will be happy Okay yeah,
3: But also it's very important The now Because if you sure. think about it There is only the now And we can only be happy now So happiness can only be here now, and happiness can only be you now. So, so everything else. I mean, the whole the whole premise, basically, of this book is also that our thinking. There's a difference between our thinking, in other words, our our, our interpretations of what's going on in our lives, and the reality of what life is right now. The reality of what life is right now is always what's happening now, but we are. All interpreting it, having our different thoughts about what's going on, our different stories, and that's actually what we experience. And so, if we're not experiencing the happiness, the joy of this moment, then we're basically lost in our stories.
1: Okay, let me run through, run down your ten ways that that Mm -hmm. that are listed in the book, and that'll give people a good hand handle on where you're coming from and what what you're Mm -hmm. you're thinking about here. Um, Mm -hmm. You start out with the first way, accept what is. Number Mm -hmm. two, want what you have. Number Mm -hmm. three, be honest with yourself. Four, Mm -hmm. investigate your stories. Five, mind your own business. Six, follow your passion and accept the consequences 7 do the right thing and accept the consequences 8 deal with what is in front of you and forget what and forget the rest 9 know what is what and 10 learn to see beyond impermanence okay mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: accepting what well, I think is I
3: should, I, <laughs> yeah, I think I would like to just say to 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 our listeners the way, the the way this arose, this list here, that it'll make even more sense what we're talking about. It actually came about um what, right after my 60th birthday, I was sort of laying on my sofa one day and I was thinking, my goodness gracious Barbie, you know, you're so old. You've lived so long. Uh what have you actually learned from this long dramatic life Uh, and what do you need to remember if you want to live the rest of your life a little bit more happily than the past 60 years and then I thought well I started making this list writing these points down the 10 points that you just read and then I thought to myself well if I'm going to remember these things um, maybe I should try to see if I could explain what I mean by each of them to myself and so then I started writing you know, except what is, well, why is that so important for me to remember that? Or want what you have, why is that so important for me to remember that? So then I started writing down, you know, my explanations. And then I thought, well, wow, oh, my goodness, I, I think I'm actually writing a book because it sort of grabbed a hold of me, and I was writing and writing and writing. And then I showed it to my publisher here, and she, she thought it was a great, great idea for a book. And so it became a book sort of by accident. And my original title was just... 10 ways to live a happy life a reminder to myself that was the original title but my publisher didn't think it was a very sexy title so she she was actually <laughs> the one who came up with this. are you happy now <laughs> instead so so actually these 10 ways they were they were sort of they were actually pointers to myself um reminders signposts what 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 do i need to remember to live more happily Okay. So yeah, and I found out that when I that when I do these ten things, that I actually do feel happier.
1: Okay, let's let's hold that thought while I go to break, and uh, when we come back, we will explore this uh, this first one especially, uh, accepting what is. Okay, okay, folks, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural care practitioner, Carcilia Is. Radio. Uh, this portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for face to face and remote secure video conference appointments. That's 866 472 6094. You are hearing us live from the Internet. You can call in during the program, and we'll be back with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? ways to live a happy life.
4: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation.
1: and certified natural health care practitioner, our mm-hmm. Now remember on our site, www.amtherapy.com, to can see you and person to book our course one of the one great ways to improve your health. I mean, a step of important to them is health. And with the cock and with it With the overburdened medical establishment, glaring crisis driven health headlines, and our own hectic lives, finding the information you and your family need can be next to impossible. But we are here to help. We bring together 101 of the top minds in radically different uh, branches of the healing professions to give you 101 simple, workable ways to attack disease. Overcome Unhealthy Habits and Live Your Life to Its Healthiest Potential. Follow the link on my homepage. It's a beautiful blue book book link. Okay. Yes. All right. Now, um, why don't you sort of give us some clarity um, back here with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? Ten Ways to a Happy Life. Uh, Give us a little insight into what you you deal with in that section, accepting what is, because a lot of people... I'm certain has have trouble with that.
3: <laughs> we all do, I think, yes. That's why it's number one on my list. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's basically uh, about the fact that we all have such unrealistic expectations to life. And we we are asking and expecting often the impossible of life, and this leads to unhappiness. In other words, when we want life to be something that it's not, in other words, when we always want to be healthy and we always want to have money in the bank and we always want to have a great relationship and we always want everyone to love us and we always want everyone to approve us and we always, you know, want to have success. I mean, in other words, we have such unrealistic ideas about what this thing called life is so so just by our expectations you could say we're setting ourselves up for failure so by having a more realistic assessment of life in other words that we are in these physical bodies which no and and don't misunderstand me of course we should take as good care as we can of ourselves and eat healthy and exercise and all that but no matter what we do These physical bodies are not going to last forever. That's like reality. That's like we call it in in our therapy here in Copenhagen, getting real, accepting what reality is. And so, so if we can learn to look at reality and say, okay, this is what's going on, actually we're in a much better position to deal with things sanely, healthy, realistically, and do what we can to live a happy life. But, again, our unrealistic expectations. I mean, I I work as a therapist also every day, and when people come to me, usually they're in crisis or they're having some kind of problems. It's often a question of their expectations to what's going on are so unrealistic. And if we adjust it a little bit, then they can deal with things much more healthily and happily. So, yes, that's what this chapter is about.
1: Yeah, I think um, it becomes a sticky wicket when you try to tell someone, for example, if they want to be a specific thing in life, and mm. how do you determine what is realistic and what is unrealistic within the framework of that? When you think about how many people had what, when you know somebody might have thought was an unrealistic goal, and they ended up being successful at it, I think that's where mm-hmm. people, you know, need either some kind of I don't know some kind of um, assistance, but most people don't go to therapy for that that sort of thing. What kind yeah. of advice? You know, what kind of advice would well, you give somebody to sort of uh, come to grips with that?
3: Well, well, first of all, I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have goals, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be active and productive or anything like that. But it's more having a realistic a- a- assessment of your situation. As a human being, as life itself. I mean, I'm not talking about you know. Of oh, course, if you if you're, go- if you're if you're if you're goal oriented and you and you, you you work hard, of course that that's a good idea if you want to achieve something. So I'm really not talking about that. I'm I'm really talking about you know always wanting to ha- get everyone's approval or always wanting to be healthy or always wanting you know to be understood. These kind of things, which it has a lot to do with our the the programming we we've sort of gotten as children. I mean, we 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 see it all around us. You know, turn on the television, look at you know, watch the internet, whatever. That this constant bombardment about how beautiful you have to be to be happy, and how healthy you have to be to be happy, and how much money these kind of things that mm. that actually take us away from the joy of being present. With ourselves and our lives, and being thankful for for all the good that we actually already have. It's more that that I'm talking about.
1: hmm Okay. Now, so then, the second one, wanting what you have. <laughs>
3: well, that's well, that's also kind of a you know a further spin on accepting what is because just again, what. <clears throat> We, we we use so much energy. We spend so much time, so much mental energy, wanting what we don't have all the time, and that makes us unhappy often, right? And so so if we if we turn it upside down and say, well, what about wanting what you have? I mean, and and this is also based on the on the on, on the understanding sort of the the law of the universe that what you focus your attention on grows in your experience. So if you want what you have, if you appreciate what you have, if you give thanks for what you have already. I mean, each and every one of us already has life. We have life. We have existence. We have, I mean, our lives are just so amazing to begin with. So what about focusing on that, especially if we know that it will grow if we do that?
1: Okay. I, I and again I i I love the concept. I love the book. I'm just playing for the most part devil's advocate here. Please um, go ahead. I know I'm 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 s i am i am i know there are people saying, Okay, suppose you are um very poor and again, you know, I mm-hmm. have certain life circumstances that
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, are not very pleasant. Um
2: mm-hmm.
1: how does one Within the framework of that kind of suffering, say, okay, accept what is, and hope mm. that that will expand into something better yeah without
3: yeah. well actually wanting, well actually yeah. i I have some examples in the book of where i I really try to play with with those ideas because they are very relevant concerns, and one of the stories that that i I take up is it was actually once a big discussion I had with my boyfriend about this very question that you're asking. What about the little girl in Afghanistan that had her leg blown off by a landmine? So uh, according to our Western, you know, standards, our Western ideal ideas of what it takes to live a happy life, this little girl who lost her leg, who's dirt poor, and I mean, you've seen the pictures on TV of how they live, and I've actually been in Afghanistan, so I know that that's how they live. Um, that this this little girl is forever cut off from happiness. I mean, it's just so cruel that 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 we, again, don't misunderstand me. It's not that we shouldn't work for a better world, and we shouldn't should of course work so that everyone can have the basic material comforts and all that. I'm not saying that, but, but she also is alive in this moment and has as much access to the joy of life as anyone else. And it is sure. our focus on the, on, the, on the outer circumstances, on the material world that confuses us in these kind of situations. And, and, and it's really very tragic and it's really very cruel. So
1: it's like finding the happiness within the suffering and not allowing the, the negativity of the circumstance to keep you from enjoying your life. Because I guess within yeah, every well, circumstance, you have to find some kind of way to be happy within it.
3: Well, you could also say, there's another way of, of sort of explaining it, and you could say that every situation is what it is, right? I mean, you could say, as you say, that the material world is what it is. There is this event or there is this circumstance. But we often think that our happiness is determined by whatever's going on outside of us. Take, for example, a divorce or take for example somebody gets fired from their job any kind of event in the outer world if you take this exact same event you will see that different people react differently to the exact same event and when we observe this mechanism then we understand that the 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 value or the meaning of the event is not inherent in what's happening it the value or the meaning is Comes from our interpretation of what it means for us. In other words, some people get divorced and they're joyful, they're happy, and some people get divorced and they go, they're totally depressed, it's the end of the world. Some people, you know, they have a certain jo- a job assignment and they get completely stressed out of their mind, and another person will think it's an exciting challenge. So, people interpret the same exact events in different ways. So, so. So therefore we know if we watch this that it is actually the way we think, the way we interpret things that is the cause of our reaction, not the event itself. And that's really exactly. a very, very important key to happiness. In other words, if we're, if we're not happy with what's going on, it's so uh, liberating to start looking at your own thinking. What is it about your thinking that is making you unhappy?
1: and then uh, be honest with yourself I think that sort of is self-explanatory but within the framework of your ways how did realizing that you had to be honest with yourself have a a relationship with happiness
3: yeah well this chapter is really about actually this also one of the other sort of takes on this book or aspects of this book is I, I really try to combine the the a spiritual approach to life with Mm. with sort of a psychological understanding of the psychological mechanisms of being a human being. And and I did this because I've been I've been sort of a spiritual teacher here in Scandinavia for, for a long, long time. And I have discovered that a lot of people who are so-called alternative spiritual practitioners or whatever, meditating and and mindfulness and whatever they're doing, they they often still have great difficulties um, navigating in daily life. And so... This book, in this book, I try to sort of address things both from a more spiritual point of view, but also f- look at some of the psychological mechanisms that we need to sort of master and understand to live to live a happy life. And this chapter about being honest with yourself is really about learning how to be assertive, learning how to take care of yourself, learning how to have you know good interactions with other people, how to have healthy boundaries, and so on. But to, to be able to do any of those things, first of all, you have to be honest with yourself and find out who you really are. It's sort of the, the foundation point of it's really hard to be assertive, it's really hard to have healthy boundaries if you really don't know what's important to you. So so that's really what this chapter is about, these basic skills of navigating daily life.
1: Just out of curiosity, uh, since you have You know, lived in America, and you've lived in several Scandinavian countries. Do you find there's a difference in approaching this concept, you know, between these two parts of the world?
3: Which which concept? Uh, are you or dealing to with
1: your ten ways of happiness you know, Or, or well, being happy this, or this Living a happy is, life This
3: book is, uh, is I mean now it's just coming out in the United States But it's it's been published already In 15 different countries here in Europe And also in, in uh, South Korea And Japan And in, in the Far East And um, it's a really popular book And everywhere it's come out so far So I can only say that there's something in this book that seems to resonate with, with people in many different cultures. That's oh, well, as much yeah. I can really tell you.
1: Okay, I, I, maybe I asked my question poorly, but I was just getting to the whole concept because there are differences in different cultures with how they approach mm. this whole concept of mm. happiness or. Having a happy life. For example, if it's a well, I'm actually, just
3: apropos what you're what you're saying, you really remind me of something else. There's been sort of the United Nations studies and different studies about you know what, what the happiest countries in the world. And actually, Denmark, where I live, ha, turns out to be the happiest country in the world. Actually, yeah, and actually, Oprah was here and did a whole program on Den Denmark. Uh, you know, like what is it about the Danes that make them so happy? <laughs> And I thought, thought that was really interesting, but I mean, that, the, their their standard for for I mean, again, the, the whole definition of happiness in that sort of study had a lot to do with the standard of living, uh, you know, how much is it, the high level of education, healthcare, the standard of living of you know that the, for example, in Scandinavia compared to the United States, the the, the difference between rich and poor is much less. There's much less contrast in society so so there are definitely things in scandinavia that are more more equal it's more a welfare society and so on so if that's what you're asking yes there is a difference
1: very good and now um i i was going to ask something unrelated but that's all right i'll stick stay focused to the book here investigate <laughs> we go talk right. about other things <laughs> is fine uh, with oh. me <laughs> I love this whole. Well, you know, uh, again, I think this is a very important um, set of guidelines for people who are unhappy or who are suffering, and it, it, I'm you. certain it'll give some something to grasp onto to get us a handle on redirecting, probably redirecting mm. their focus, so that they can, mm. you know, uh, resolve some of these things. Because uh, well, thank like you, said, thank you. you know, well, I wouldn't have had you on if I didn't think that. That goes. Like I said, <laughs> I've got to realize I'm, you know, playing devil's advocate here. I'm sort of trying to think for the who isn't calling in here. But um, yeah, uh, but yeah so but I appreciate your, about that. I pre- <laughs> oh, and ladies, I mean, I gentlemen, pre- the cover, the the cover is beautiful. I mean, it's delightful. You see her sitting there, and she, she certainly doesn't look sixty. I, I don't know if this is you. Is this you on the cover? Okay, yeah, well, and when she started out, that was something else I wanted to speak on, and since we're talking about it, first of all, you don't look old. Sixty in America is not considered that old, and I refuse to sit there and call yourself old looking at the lady. If you do nothing else but buy the book for the cover so that you can see how young this person is who calls, calls herself old. But anyway, I'm glad <laughs> I to get that off my chest. But yeah, it's very well, beautiful. thank
3: you. You're so sweet. He, and actually, well, you can say we can tell the listeners that if they want to see my picture, they can go to my website, <laughs> com. You can okay, see the say cover that, there. Say the website. Beanteam. Be, be, it's <laughs> B-E-A-M-T-E-A-M, one word, dot .com, team.
1: Okay, I usually ask that's that in a few more minutes, but that's good. Uh, any okay. other contact information you want to share at this point? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, most definitely. She certainly looks happy. I mean, that's, she, whatever it is, it's working. So
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're extremely sweet, I must yeah. say. <laughs> Thank okay. you. All of that is...
1: It's a given here. Let me see. Let's go on to this next section. Uh, invest uh, Again, being honest with yourself. I mean, you could write mm-hmm. a book about that.
3: Period. About that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because Absolutely. I think,
1: like you say, if most people were at least that, 90% mm-hmm. of their issues would be resolved. But
3: anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's what I, that, that's a long chapter also because of that. <laughs> But it's a good thing to start with, you know. I mean, I, I've lived long enough to, to, to realize that it is a really good place to start, being honest with yourself, because when you think about how we twist ourselves out of shape trying to please other people, and then when you say, okay, well, being such a people pleaser, how do you stop doing that? Again, you come back to, well, you got to find out who you are, first of all, and you've got to find out what you value, and you got to find out what's important to you, and start living from that place. And that alone is a life project, right? Uh, yes.
1: Well, folks, hold that thought. When we come back, I want you to sort of uh, elucidate uh, about this investigating your stories piece. Okay. 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 okay so well, and this is a good the psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Arthene um, now my guest, my live guest next week, August twenty-onest, will be Desma Navon, also a peace, peace healing, calm, and conscious guilt. Okay. Now at the end of that program, we will discuss the herbs ashwagandha and yashtana, kashya, mayurasana. Check the website to see my regular schedule next week, August twenty-sixteen, and we'll be back. healthcare practitioner, cardiologist. Um, now there's a link on my website for purchasing blood type diet products and skin products. Now, if you decide to purchase new skin product, you have to enter this code USW9099101, which lets them know that I sent you there. They include supplements that, uh, with the incorporation of nanotechnology. Are more efficiently assimilated into the body. Their beauty products are enhanced by what they call age lock technology that promotes skin. Uh, I call this skin where beauty and wellness meet technology. Okay, and we are back with Barbara Berger, author of Are You Happy Now? Okay, Barbara, let's go on here. Um, Investigating your stories. Yes, yes, yes have tons of stories, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and they're hard to get rid of them. They really don't want to let them go. No, no, no.
3: Well, that's also one of the things I found out that's really good to do if you want to live a happy life, because often we are so lost in our stories that we miss the sweet reality that's unfolding before us right now. I mean, we're often... We're so often, you know, regretting something in the past or feeling guilty about something in the past or else we're worrying about something that's going to happen in the future, so we miss the now. So this chapter, Investigating Your Stories, is about, um, especially if you're not happy, to try to identify what story you're telling yourself that's making you unhappy and then to take a good look at it and see if there's any truth to it. And let me give an example here about what I mean. Again, I work as a therapist uh, and I often have people who come to me who have relationship problems, right? So say, for example, a woman will come in the door and she's uh, in the middle of of a divorce. Her husband left her and she's really depressed. And then I say, well, what's going on? And she'll say, I lost the love of my life, Um, I'll I'll be alone for the rest of my life, I'll never find true love again, and on and on and on. And then I'll say, well, okay, that's a really interesting story. Let's look at that. Uh, Okay, so what's the reality? The reality is, yes, you're getting divorced. Yes, it's challenging for you right now. But all the other things you said, um, I'll be alone for the rest of my life, I'll never find love again, can you absolutely know that that's true, so in other words, people who are in crisis or who are very unhappy they're usually taking some event and blowing it up into what I usually call catastrophic thinking in other words they're they're projecting into the future something that may be going on now, and they really feel miserable as a result and by investigating the story, by you know doing what I call reality testing. People usually feel a lot better right away. So, for example, this woman who said, I'll be alone for the rest of my life, can she know that that's true? She can't. I pointed that out to her, and she said, oh, yeah, I can't really know that. You'll never find love again. Can you know that that's true? Can you know that when you walk out of my door, you won't bump into the <laughs> next man in your life? You know." So, yeah. I mean, again, so this cat, this kind of catastrophic thinking, in other words, getting real about, okay, what what do we actually know here? Okay, yeah, it's tough at the moment and it's challenging, but don't project all of this now and forever for you because you're making it a lot worse than it needs to be.
1: Oh well, yeah, well, very good. I, I, and um, next section here is mind your own business. Now this is a tricky one. Let's—I know people have questions about this, <laughs> especially you know when well, you actually, think something's happening to somebody that's unhealthy or unpleasant or you know mm.
3: well I must say that my experience is and actually when people usually I also I mean I say I'm a therapist in a the way I'm kind of like a coach uh, because mm. when people come to me that we sort of go we do this uh, process together and I often start people, almost everyone, I start, I give my, my clients homework, things that, you know, pointers that they're going to work on between the sessions until they come back the next time. And I usually start almost everyone with this one, minding your own business. Because I've discovered that most of us are spending so much of our time thinking about what other people need to do, what other people should be thinking, what they should be—you know—I mean, we're, we're so again. It has also to do with if you want to live a happy life. What about taking care of you, coming back <laughs> to you, minding your own business, right? It's but we, twenty-four hours so, day. Ex- exactly, we're so wise on everybody else's behalf. We have so much good advice for everyone, else. And, and there's a lot involved in this uh, in this kind of behavior because you can say on the one hand. Um, when we mind someone else's business, and again, when, in this chapter, I'm not just talking about the things we might say out, lo- out loud, but I'm also talking about mentally. I mean, we might not say it out loud, but we have, you know, ideas about, oh, she shouldn't wear that, or she should do this, oh. or he should do that. So so mentally, all that mental energy yeah. that we're yes. spending out there, right? But also yes. it's it's really a lack of respect for other people's intelligence, you know, it's a really a lack of respect for other people's ability to, you know, figure out what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of like, you know, playing God in a way, in the sense that, you know, like we know what's best for another person. I mean, there's so much involved in minding someone else's business. It's like, hello, can I just figure out what's best for me? That's really yeah. difficult. Yeah. So, so. I discovered also when I give people this exercise, you know, try to spend the next week until we meet again, noticing every time you're mentally in somebody else's business and then bring yourself home to yourself. When they come back, I say, well, how did it go? And people are just like so shocked at how much (laughs) mental energy they're using out there minding everybody else's business. Just think about it also when you're – in your family relationships, how much they would improve if everybody would mind their own business. Mind their own business.
1: Oh, boy. If there's
3: there's only one thing the listeners (laughs) could take away from this show, this is the one. This is the one that can, if you want to have instant advice that can improve your life 100% from this moment on, trust me on this one. If you just... Will spend your energy noticing when you're minding someone else's business. B- withdraw and come home to yourself, and try to mind your own business. Just sit. Your life will change so much. Everybody will love you so much more.
1: I was going to say, especially for that person who you said mentioned earlier, or is always looking for acceptance or approval, and they're going mm-hmm. around, you know, minding everybody else's business. they certainly certainly mm-hmm. not help that to happen.
3: No, but no anyway. that's a great way to sabotage it, right? You will definitely sabotage it for sure. So this one here, I mean, I must say this chapter here, this is the gem, one of the gems in the book that people just, uh, they, 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 they so much good has come out of this, just this one.
1: Well, I tried to read it with a straight face when I was going through it. <laughs> I, I remember when I first saw it, I chuckled so. But anyway. <laughs> um, good, good. I like this these next two these next two too, because uh, we're often so eager to do this, that, or the other, but we beat ourselves up mm-hmm. awfully um when you know after the fact, you talk about do the right thing and ex- i mean well first, follow your passion and accept the consequences. Oh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. Tell the date on, on on what you're talking about there.
3: Well, that's another thing that I've discovered both for myself and counseling other people that I mean if we really again we're talking this book is about how to live a happy life, right so I mean, if you don't follow your heart, if you don't follow your passion, you know how can you live a happy life? It's really very simple, but what is it that's preventing us from from following our passion and then then it comes back to what you were saying, we want other people's love love and approval so 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 this is this constant battle. Our fear of disapproval of others. If I do this, you know, what will they think? Or my mother will be un- unsatisfied with me. Or my my husband won't like it. Or, or my children won't. I mean, you know, there's always something. But um, it's not a good recipe for for living a happy life.
1: No, uh, you, know, you make a choice. Mm-hmm. There were consequences, you have to. What is it? Um what's the the current term they use for, embrace whatever that Mm. consequence is Mm. and use it as a stepping stone to the next event as opposed to, oh, I should never have done that.
3: I should never have started writing that. (laughs) But it's true that no matter what choices we make, everything has consequences. Everything we think, say, do has consequences. So, so that's just sort of the nature of existence on this plane. So, so I mean, at least we could do, you know, what makes our hearts sing. But right. uh, again, it's 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 often easier said than done.
1: Well, that's true. But see, if we do something, it, someone else advises us to do, or almost pushes us to do, and it doesn't yeah. go well, then they can blame the other person. See. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Where they sort of. Feel now a that's
3: bad. a good one. <laughs> but if they that's a, a good decision, one.
1: They, the only person they can hold accountable is themselves. Is uh, <laughs> Not having someone to blame. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, do the right thing and accept the consequences.
3: Yeah, similar, that sort of leads, yeah. Lead, yeah, it's similar. It leads into that. But I mean, that was really. We started the program with me talking about. Uh, how I left home because of the Vietnam War. So I I I really learned at a very early age that you know that our choices do have really co- serious consequences for 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 our lives, and that doing what you feel is the right thing is not always going to make you popular, <laughs> especially right. not in my family anyway. <laughs> and and that I mean in in my case that. That choice that I made when I was eighteen years old, it changed my whole life. I mean, I ended up living the rest of my life in Scandinavia because of that, but I mean, it was like I was young and I had this boyfriend, and it just that was like what we felt were the right things to do at that time in that place and it you know I think that that if we don't do that uh because we're afraid of the consequences i mean it's really uh. It's really hard to live a happy life if we don't do that. And, and I mean, we're also talking about just in, in terms of living according to our values and having integrity. And, and it's really on a, you could say, that was a big decision for me. But, but just on a daily basis, all of our actions have consequences, not only for us for us personally, but for for the world. So... Everything we do, do the right thing on a daily basis. What does that mean socially, politically? You know, it goes on and on. But as Gandhi said, I quote him in this uh, chapter, be the change you want to see in the world. I mean, we've only got ourselves. You have to have the strength of your
1: convictions. Mm. I think that's very important Okay, deal mm. with what is in front of you And forget the rest um, <laughs> Because I, I think we'd get to this one uh, And we're coming close to that point Where I'm going to ask you For your final words of wisdom But I, yeah. I, I think it's important To sort of get this
3: Get, yeah, your, get yeah. a little taste
1: of this one
3: Yeah, yeah Well this is again uh, As I said, the more spiritual part of the book in terms of when we really look at the nature of existence and who we really are, in terms of sort of a more metaphysical, philosophical, spiritual take on life, and that we really only have this now moment. And because we are so identified with our stories and we're worrying about the future and we're lost, worrying, regretting in the past, that we miss the moment, we miss the joy, the wonder, the amazing whatever that's right in front of our noses. So so this whole chapter is really sort of trying to address this, which is so problematic for all of us, but that if we can get it, and I mean, the more we get it, the happier we will be because life is now, and we are the now, and, and everything else is actually just a dream or an illusion or Uh, It's all mental, you could say, that that reality and our thinking, they're really two different things. And reality is what's unfolding in front of us right now.
1: Okay, so your quick final words of wisdom to our listeners would be what?
3: (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Uh well happiness is not really what you think that's one of them and the other one is I'd really like to go back to 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 the chapter about minding your own business I really love to would love to leave that with our listeners that just to, if you want to play around with it uh try working just with that one concept for a couple of days and see how it transforms your life mind your own business
1: wonderful <laughs> <laughs> well you thank you very much <laughs> Go to sleep, get a good night's rest, thank and I'll so look forward for to interviewing me. you uh, with your next book. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. year. laughs> <Thank laughs> Take care. Thank you care. so much. It, yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Okay, folks, now it is time for our herb of the day. Today's herb is Amato. Uh, the parts in this are the leaves and the and seeds. Uh, According to Boss the phytochemicals include beta carotene, uh, allergic acid, salicylic acid, tannins, uh, some of the amino acids, calcium, iron, phosphorus, vitamin C2, B3, and C. According to Boss it has diuretic, uh, antioxidant, antibacterial, anti inflammatory, and expectorant properties. Protect the liver and kidneys. May reduce blood sugar levels. It's useful for indigestion, fever, cough, burn, skin problems, and sleep loss. Uh, 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 the rainforest herb used in skincare products as an emollient and as green yellow cup. Okay, and now it's time. to Nice sauna is out of the new and again, this is from the Ayangar Way. Um, this is a face-down tree. The uh, Vyakshasana is the tree pose. Uh, stand about three feet away from a wall, facing it. Bend down and place the hands on the floor three to five inches away from the wall, a shoulder, shoulders width apart. Uh, straighten the elbows and stretch the arms and shoulders up. Open the chest, walk in, prepare to jump up, bring the leg up toward the left leg forward and bend it. Keep the right leg straight. Exhale and kick with the right leg, keeping it straight, and follow quickly with the left leg. Lock the elbows and stretch the trunk up. Uh, It's like you're doing a handstand against a wall or at the wall. Straighten both legs. Stretch the heels up uh, the wall. Extend the soles of the feet and toes. Take the coccyx and sacrum in. Uh, Relax the neck and head. Stay for from 20 to 30 seconds or longer, breathing evenly. Exhale and come down without collapsing the arms. Keep the head down for a few moments. Okay, folks. Uh, that is your asana and oh, also remember to relax within the pose. Okay, you have psychology help help helping your friends. Pressing hit is My live next button. Of deep healing, At the end of that that program, will be Check the website www. dot or dot com. and Thursday, August twenty one and twenty two. Will be on my screen program live uh live computer shooting cell phone or iPhone. Wellness, wholeness and wisdom be well mm-hmm. yes, and remember that you can email me a resume if you're seeing an intro camp with recording.com and um Show is archived immediately after the program airs. Uh, you can list of advertising for the program on the site and you uh, can send it to people who read it as well. It's going to be medical therapy. Also, the public periodology, focused on uridology, extrinsicity, assessment, consultation, meditation, acupuncture, and wellness.